This program does not provide medical advice. We assume no liability for the information provided on MindForce Radio. Please consult your physician before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Attention all serious natural lifters. Remember these two great websites, physicalculturebooks.com and webstrengthcoach.com. Write them down and visit them often. physicalculturebooks.com and webstrengthcoach.com. From Mind Force Radio, this is Natural Strength Night with Maximum Bob. On Natural Strength Night, we don't talk about the other things Bob likes to talk about. Tonight, we only talk strength training. When I say strength training, I don't mean training like punk-ass goons in the muscle magazines who jacked up on juice, steroids, and PEDs. I mean natural strength. Strength built on good food, heavy weights, and no shortcuts. If you want to learn about real natural strength, weight training the right way, the old school way, stick around. Bob and his friends just might teach you something. He's here, the host of Natural Strength Night, Maximum Bob Whalen. Tonight, our guest is Jed Johnson. Jed is owner of the Diesel Crew, widely recognized as a world leader in grip strength and for strength and conditioning of athletes as well. I've been Facebook friends with Jed for several years, but I've known about Jed for about 15 years, mainly through my good friend Dan Senadoza who can be heard on episode 34. The night that I had Dan on my DC radio show as a guest, Jed and the Diesel crew flooded us with calls. Jed is a certified strength and conditioning specialist and is a regular speaker at the Pennsylvania NSCA clinic. He has written numerous articles on grip training, strongman training, and strength and conditioning for Straight to the Bar, the Diesel crew, and others. Jed is not a grip-only guy. He is whole body strong and can lift heavy. He has lifted a 400-pound Atlas stone and has put close to 350 pounds overhead. He has competed in and won many grip and strongman contests as well. He is an Iron Mine certified captain of Crush. He has lifted the 50-pound blob, pinched two 45-pound plates, deadlifted the inch replica dumbbell with one hand, bent the Iron Mine red nail, and the Fat Bastard Barbell's Grand Bastard Nail, as well as several other renowned grip feats. To contact Jed, visit the website, dieselcrew.com. That's dieselcrew.com. Jed, it's great to have you on the show, and welcome to Natural Strength Night. Hey, Bob, thanks a lot for having me, man. I, it's hard to believe that it's been close to 15 years that we talked on that radio show where you interviewed Dan, it's, it's incredible, bro. But uh, it's, it's nice to it's nice to look back over so many years with such fond memories. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. Time flies. It's unbelievable. And Jed, tell us a little bit about you know where you grew up, you know, and how did you get started in strength training? 
Sure, man. I'm, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania called Tawanda, and it's right by the river, and, like, all the towns are, uh, like, Native American town names, pretty much. And I grew out, I grew up outside of town, so I was then, like, I'd have to play by myself. I would ride bikes, and I would throw a Frisbee in the yard and stuff like that. So I didn't. I didn't get involved in, like, football or anything like that, really. I, I was pretty much a baseball player. Uh, but the one thing that caught my attention on TV was Monday Night Raw. I was hooked, and I watched just about every single week up until uh, current day. So probably my biggest influence in, in lifting uh, or, or the way I was introduced to, to lifting and, and muscle and strength was through professional wrestling. And I always had a dream in my mind of becoming a professional wrestler. So I guess that's where my my infatuation with, with muscle and, and strength uh, started out. You know, lifting wasn't really an option as a, as a kid. You know, uh, my dad didn't lift. We didn't really have any equipment. He did install a pull-up bar for me because when he was in the military, they did a lot of pull-ups and push-ups. So I did have that, and I got really good at doing push-ups and pull-ups since since that is what I had access to. Um, and then I played baseball through my life. I played all through college for two years, and then I ended up hurting my arm and my groin, and that, that groin injury for – uh, the better part of two years. And finally, the writing was on the wall. I was supposed to be a pitcher at college at Mansfield University, and I really didn't pitch that much. And it was a huge time investment for being a, a player on the team. So instead of, you know, picking up two more years of my of my college life, I, I quit playing baseball, and that's when I started lifting. And mainly my goal was to get big as strong as possible in order to become a professional wrestler. And I actually sent in a tryout tape to the WWF at the time when they had their show Tough Enough. Hmm. Yeah, that was my inspiration and my uh, the fire that I had for, for the longest time with lifting. Were there any books or magazines uh, that influenced you or you know, any people that really got you going with your training philosophy? Yeah, kind of. I guess really my first training partner was was one of my best friends from high school, and he was a football player. And we would ride around town. Like back then, gas was like 99 cents a gallon, so we could just, like on Friday nights, all we did was just ride around. We drove around. We found other friends to hang out with. I mean, we burnt gas all the time, but it was it was cheap, so it didn't really have an impact on us. And every once in a while, I remember going to – the, the local big grocery store, and I would check out the magazine racks, and I would always go for either the wrestling magazines or the bodybuilding magazines. So I, I just tried to replicate what the bodybuilding magazines had in the articles. That's, that's pretty much what I followed through um, high school when I trained, which little did I know that's totally not the way you would want to train as uh, as a baseball player, but that's what I did. Uh, I was always uh, trying to get a big pump on, try to push a lot of weight. Didn't really do anything <laughs> for, like, shoulder health or anything like that, which probably would have been a pretty good idea, seeing how I had to uh, throw the ball a lot. But at some point, I hurt my back, and I had to go to the chiropractor. And in 1996, I, I met a guy named Jim Smith, 
and he started uh, working with me a little bit on training. And then I didn't see him for a while, and I think a full year of college went by. And then when I came back home, and he start, he and I started working out together, and eventually we gradually uh, began doing more and more of a of a strength training type of approach to lifting. We got into power lifting movements and Olympic weightlifting style movements. And that's really where I got my first taste of just pure strength training, lifting with the primary objective of getting strong versus also trying to get big. Um, so we, I started out with power lifting and Olympic lifting. I remember look, looking into it uh, on the Internet and I found a picture of Vasily Alexiev doing cleans or some kind of barbell exercise in either a pond or a river. You could see he was standing in water, and there was water dripping off of the barbell and plates as he was holding it in the front rack position. And I thought, man, this 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 dude must be just insane to want to do this. So once I saw that, that kind of triggered something in me where, I I I was always interested in doing things outside of the norm after that. So and uh Jim Smith was the same, you know, we we did a lot of training with bands and chains. Everything we found out about with like West Side Barbell, we started uh implementing all of that stuff and got really strong. Um really really strong. So I'd say uh, maybe 2001, I guess. 2001 was probably when I when I shifted towards uh, a strength base, and mm-hmm. and then by 2003 we were doing strongman contests. So I I really I really shifted pretty quickly and uh, got got pretty darn good. I I won. I like you said in the intro. I I won several strongman contests. I haven't done any strongman contests in quite some time because I started having more and more frequent back injuries. So I got away from the strongman training, and uh, now these days I just continue to focus on grip training. I still do a lot of strongman lifts. Like, I love training with the log. I love the Atlas stones. I'll still still do that from time to time. Uh, I still do – I still squat. I still bench – or deadlift, bench press, overhead lifting, all that stuff. So – like the full body strength is still a very important and substantial aspect of my training, but I'm probably best known for my grip work and my my feet strength with 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 the grip emphasis. Um, not only just you know lifting cool things, but also cutting and tearing, and that's really become my passion. Uh, I still like you know I still like strength and. I uh, do a lot of muscle building. I have muscle building programs. Uh, basically, man, I'll tell you, I just I just love working out. It's it's just I absolutely love it. Like I'm sure, like I know you do. Uh, your guests, you know, they're passionate about it. Your listeners love it. So everybody understands what I'm talking about. I if I if I'm unable to lift, you know, that's uh it's a stressor for me. It's my it's my stress relief to be able to lift. Uh, plus, you know, I'm always trying to push myself get ready for a new contest. I enjoy training with other people, push them. You know, I, I can tell when they're when they're getting into a certain type of training and uh they're enjoying it and they want more and stuff like that. So it's it's cool to 
you know, I like going to visit people and, and train with them. You know, I'm not I'm not too big on like partying and stuff like that. So that's me, man. That's that's what it's about. What gave you the idea to start the Diesel Crew? Mainly, we got so we got so into strongman and grip, and the internet was growing at the time that uh, you know Spitty and I decided to work on that together, and we we did that for several years. Uh, and then since then, we've kind of gone in in multiple directions. So uh, I've I've maintained more of a, a a focus on the grip and strongman stuff because that's what I'm most passionate about. Um, and he's uh, he's doing things these days in more of a, the general fitness and uh, strength training field. But um, we wanted to, you know, we were we were traveling around learning from people anyway, so we figured we might as well try to help people with their training. So we, uh, we were able to make it a little bit more formal of a, of a system and help people apply it to what they were doing. And uh, it, was, oh, cool. it was a lot of fun, lots of years of doing that. And we've, like I said, we've met a lot of people over the years. Great, great deal of fun. Lots of friends all over the world. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your uh, injury prevention methods. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably like as far as like mainstream topics. You know, that's probably what mm-hmm. I'm known best for. And right. I actually have a a couple informational products on how to how to prevent how to get rid of elbow pain. I believe it was 2004. No, it was 2003. I was I was I was training for my first strongman contest, and I was also training for my first grip contest. So this was this was mainly like the spring and summer of 2003. So I'm I've just been introduced to keg lifting. Uh, I've just been introduced to steel bending. So I'm doing all these things and. It was so incredibly taxing on my elbows that I actually ended up with double golfer's elbow and double tennis elbow. So the inside of my elbows on both arms were inflamed and swollen and painful, and then the outsides of both arms, of both elbows on both arms, were uh, painful on the outside as well. So double golfer's, double tennis elbow. I was eating like eight advil in order to just get warmed up for a training session (laughs) like dude i was taking i was taking so much ibuprofen that i i wouldn't buy the the generic ibuprofen there was no way i had to get like the candy ibuprofen with the the candy coating on the outside because (laughs) i was and I'd, i'd have to take several to get started and i'd have to take some halfway through so Little did I know, Bob, that I was doing it wrong. I was doing too much too soon. I didn't do any kind of ramp up or conditioning and, you know, recovery work. What the hell is that? I didn't do any of that either. So I ended up with these injuries and I ended up getting rid of them. Um, I ended up figuring out uh, some exercises that finally were able to take take away this pain after dealing it for at least dealing with it for like three months at least. Finally, later on in 2003, I was able to get rid of it. Um, and, and over the years, over the years, I've had recurring episodes of tennis elbow. Like tennis elbow has been um, probably my, you know, aside from my back, tennis elbow has probably been my most occurring uh, injury, my most occurring malady. You know, by self-experimentation, I've been able to figure out many ways to get rid of tennis elbow. 
And then after about 10 bouts of it, I was like, you know, it's probably going to be, it's probably going to make more sense if I prevent this from happening. So now I've actually got like a system of like three movements that I do on a weekly basis, once a week. And Mm -hmm. the tennis elbow, I haven't had a problem with it since I believe 2014, something like that. And Mm -hmm. I don't even think that was actually tennis elbow. I think I did too much weight on a on a reverse curl and I think I actually might have like torn something or at least tweaked something. So that took a little right. while to get rid of, but it it wasn't it wasn't like from overuse. Tennis elbow and golfer's elbow generally like from cumulative trauma. And I don't think it was that. I think it was more like one one actual repetition that got me. So yeah, I mean believe it or not, Bob, I, I went to a a grip strength competition, uh I would say in two thousand and six. It was it was the backyard bastard bash out in uh, Pasodum, mm. Illinois, man. And I went there with some of the worst tennis elbow that I ever had. And when I was bending the steel bars, I I executed some kind of an isometric contraction trying to get the bar to bend. And I I thought I dislocated my el- uh, one of the bones of my elbow, my my uh, my ulna, and. I think what happened is for a long time I was having elbow pain because my ulna was like slightly dislocated. And when I did that bend, it actually put it back into position and my pain was gone from that moment on uh, from from bending in that contest. So, you know, you never know what you're actually dealing with. And sometimes some, some crazy stuff is required in order to, to get rid of that pain. So, now these days, I'm like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. So I've I've got three movements that I do uh, on a pretty much weekly basis, and haven't had to deal with it in years. So, now, what's the name of the product that you sell that uh, goes over the uh, the three movements that you do? Yeah, that's called Indestructible Elbows. That's available on my on my website. If you go to if you go to dieselcrew.com/slash/catalog.htm, it's on there. Uh, that's where that's where pretty much all my informational products are, and it's called Indestructible Elbows. And man, since I started doing those, I mean, like I said, it's probably been a good eight years, five to eight years hmm. since I've had tennis elbow. So, cool. um, and if if I ever feel like a tin gut, then it's usually because I've been skipping those movements because I'm focusing on a contest, like specializing for a grip strength contest. And that's when I know I've got to start doing those things and back, uh, get those things back into my program, start doing them, and boom, my my elbows are right back at, in tip-top shape. So, yeah. Now, if anybody's already got tennis elbow or golfer's elbow, then they want to check out Fixing Elbow Pain. Uh, that is a product I actually teamed up with a guy named Rick Cassell from Canada. Uh, he's a professional therapist, so he he's got like a – I think it's like a six or eight week rehabilitation program uh, for both tennis elbow and golfer's elbow. And then I have a section in that product also, which is more preventive measures and uh, also what I call workarounds, which basically if an exercise and, you know, some people are more sensitive to certain exercises than, than others, then I give workarounds or suitable replacement exercises that you can do in order to prevent that pain and injury from taking place, but also getting the same benefit that you would want from 
from that exercise. So, like, a, a good example is if, if, if pull-ups on a pull-up bar trigger elbow pain for you, then don't feel the need that you have to do pull-ups. Instead, what you can do is get your hands off of the pull-up bar, which is a fixed, rigid structure, and it locks you into a single plane that might not work well for your body. And instead, do something like ring pull-ups or do your pull-ups on a TRX or a, or a Jungle Gym XT or uh, get some other kinds of grips. I'll actually do ro- uh, Rolling Thunder pull-ups. Rolling Thunder is... Uh, is a handle that Iron Mind sells. It's a two and a half inch handle, and it, and it and it revolves, so it gives you more challenge for your grip on pull-ups. But at the same time, when when hang, uh, they'll allow your hand to twist into a comfortable plane, so you don't have to worry about being stuck in that rigid plane that causes you issues. You can get out of that and change the angle slightly, and still do pull-ups, but not have to deal with all the pain in the in the elbows, the shoulders, the wrists, what have you. Yeah, please tell us about some of the various feats of grip strength that you've done and, you know, which one are you the most proud of? Cool, man. Yeah. Boy, um, there's been lots of them. Uh, Some of the ones that I'm most well known for is probably like block weight feats. So a block weight Mm -hmm. generally is one head of a dumbbell and and the head either broke off the handle or you cut it off. I've lifted up to a half 130-pound York Legacy dumbbell head. It's called Blobzilla. So uh, one of another one of my big influences in, in grip training is Richard Soren. He was the first man ever certified on the Captains of Crush Grippers through Iron Mind. I believe it was in 1991. Right. And one of the other things good. that he innovated, yeah, 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 I, I, I would imagine. And he invented the blob. So basically, the, the the if I remember the story correctly, and it's it's in my ebook. Yeah, I actually asked him to write it up. So I've got kind of like a forward in my lift the blob ebook from Richard Soren. And uh, because I always I always thought, why would someone want to lift this? It, like, what? How would it occur to someone to lift a block weight in a in a pinch grip? Because a, the the blob is half of a hundred pound. York dumbbell head with with an with angled edges to it, so it's it's very hard to pick up for people. And I always thought, why would someone, you know, basically get so obsessed with hand strength that they would want to do this? So I guess what happened was, in in his in the early years of his business, when he was cleaning out a gym in order to bring out uh, bring in new equipment, there were lots of broken dumbbells. And the gym owner, and the name escapes me, but whoever the owner was, uh, said, "Richard, yeah, go ahead and uh, throw those throw those into the truck and take those to the scrap pile or or something like that." So, so he was going around and picking them up, all these broken heads, one at a time, and carrying them out the door and throwing them into the back of the vehicle. Well, one of these dumbbells was a half one hundred pounder that was broken. He he decided that he would train until he was, excuse me, until he was able to lift the blob. And I don't know how long it took him. I I can't remember anymore. I I think the information is in that little story. But I always thought that was was awesome. And it kind of harkened back to when I first saw that picture of Vasily Alexiev out in the river doing cleans with the barbell, um, you know, in water. 
uh, I thought, man, this is just this is just crazy. Who who would want to do this? So um, I started looking into getting my own blob, and as it turns out, when I when I met up with the guy to buy a blob off of him, I was able to lift it after like three or four tries and actually picked it up and walked down the uh, parking lot for a few steps before dropping it. So I knew right then that I was somewhat talented in in block weights. I believe that was 2003 when that happened. Um, and uh, since then, that's blobs and block weights have become my specialty. So um, I've lifted... I've lifted the blob with like 20 pounds added. I've come close with like 22 or 25 pounds added. I can't remember exactly. Um, I've I've held a blob in each hand for something like 20 seconds. Um, I've won competitions doing that. Uh, I've picked it up by the face, which generally you 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 would pinch it by the the narrow. Uh, width of it, but if you tip it over on its side and try to span your hands across, it's called a facelift, and I've done that. I've done that with weight added, and then I've done even bigger hex block weights, so I've done half 120s, multiple half 120s. Uh, I've come close to lifting a half 120 in each hand, so generally the the progression is you get it with one hand, then you train and you get it with your weaker hand, and then if you can get a pair of the same ones, you'll go in both hands. And it's actually a lot tougher to do most feats with a block weight in each hand. So um, that's that's pretty much the, the progression you follow. So I, I, the biggest one that I've done is the Blobzilla. It was a ha- it's a half one thirty. The shape is a little bit different from the old style York blobs. Um, the 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 there's a side on the the current legacy style York blobs that have a much flatter surface to it, so um, it lends itself to being able to get a little bit better grip on there. So that's important to understand. But I've also done the I've done the the half 130 with weight added. So um, as far as I know, I think I'm the only person that's ever done that. I'm sure there's other people that could do it if they tried, but I don't know of anyone else doing it. Um, You know, guys like uh, Brian Shaw have, like, cleaned Blobzilla and pressed it, no problem. We'll be back with more right after this. This segment brought to you by VitalNutritionStore.com. Did you know that more than 7 million Americans suffer from coronary heart disease, the most common form of heart disease? Regardless of your age or condition, adding Cardio for Life to your daily regime will dramatically improve your cardiovascular condition. Cardio for Life has been the top-selling Enlargenine product in the marketplace now for more than three years. It is also the top-selling product at VitalNutritionStore.com. Formulated by Dr. Harry Elwart, the best-selling author of Let's Stop the Number One Killer of Americans Today, Dr. Harry believes together we can prevent and reverse heart disease. Cardio for Life comes in three wonderful flavors, orange, peach, and grape, and is gluten-free, sugar-free, and sodium-free. 
Please see our complete line of natural products at vitalnutritionstore.com. That's V-I-T-A-L nutritionstore.com. Randy Roach shocked the world with the release of his first volume of Muscle Smoke and Mirrors several years ago. It was a masterpiece of over 500 pages with such in-depth research and detail that it was not only surprising, but shocking and mind-blowing. It was truly one of the best Iron Game history books ever written. He followed that with Volume 2, another epic book with over 700 pages of equal depth and detail. All serious Iron Game fans need to have these books. Please visit Randy's website at randyroach.ca. That's R-A-N-D-Y-R-O-A-C-H dot C-A. Listen to how Iron Game legend and the Iron Master editor, Osmo Kihaw, describes the book Supernatural Strength. Have you ever wondered how much real-world experience authors have when they write books about weight training? Who is that person behind the computer? What do they really know about the Iron Game? If you picked up this book, Supernatural Strength, you have definitely come to the right place. The author, Bob Whalen, has spent several decades in the Iron Game trenches training himself, competing and coaching in powerlifting, earning academic credentials too numerous to mention, and thousands of hours of training and instructing athletes and trainees of all levels at his Washington, D.C. gym since 1990. He's not only devoted his life to motivating and pushing people to heights they have never been to, but elevating the trainees' understanding why certain methods work better than others. Bob is one of the most respected and revered trainers in the business today. This book is sure to surprise and amaze you at the same time. Order now at SupernaturalStrength.com. That's SupernaturalStrength.com. Don't you think it would be so much easier getting into shape if you had a personal coach? Just like all the celebrities do. Well, now you can. Bob Whalen of WebStrengthCoach.com wants to get you out of your rut and coach you to success. He's dedicated to helping you achieve your strength and fitness goals through your hard work and his expert guidance. Bob will help you with strength training, muscle building, fitness, nutrition, and motivation. He'll make sure you achieve your maximum physical potential. You can get one-on-one training with Bob through his website webstrengthcoach.com he will develop a personalized program tailored to your individual needs a program right for you bob will give you feedback after every workout this is old school fitness and nutrition no fads and no gimmicks bob will use proven natural techniques to make sure you are satisfied so visit webstrengthcoach.com today and let bob help you reach your best self webstrengthcoach.com Do you enjoy history without social engineering? Reading about our founding fathers? Economics from a capitalist perspective? Wisdom from modern patriots? Welcome to UncleSamBooks.com, where virtues like rugged individualism, hard work, and the American dream dominate. UncleSamBooks.com. Great books for homeschooling. UncleSamBooks.com. If you want to become as strong and muscular as possible with health in mind and without lowering yourself to using steroids, the best advice can be found in the classic strongman books of long ago. These are the best books ever written on the subjects of strength training, weightlifting, strongman training, iron game history, and old-time physical culture. Many of them can still be found at physicalculturebooks.com. There you will find good, Honest, time-tested wisdom from the great old-time strongmen. To maximize your natural muscular and strength potential, please visit 
physicalculturebooks.com. Listen to Ken Manny, head strength and conditioning coach at Michigan State University, describe the book Iron Nation, a masterpiece text on some of the most intriguing and compelling personal stories, iron game history, and gut-wrenching training routines ever put to paper. If you truly love hard training without all the frills of pomp and circumstance so common today, you will love Iron Nation. Written by lifters for lifters. If you love weight training, you will love Iron Nation. Order now at ironnation.com. That's I-R-O-N nation.com. If you would like to promote your business on MindForce Radio, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know if you are interested in a 30- or 60-second voice commercial or a banner website ad. Please contact Bob using the contact information provided on MindForceRadio.com. You're listening to Natural Strength Night on MindForce Radio. happens that Brian Shaw probably outweighs me by at least 100, 150 pounds. Uh, so, it, you know, it factors in a little bit. The, so that's my specialty. But um, probably my the, the one that I'm most proud of as far as, like, my, my grip feats uh, is something that I just accomplished in March of 2017, and that was pinching two 45-pound plates in each hand at the same time. Uh, this was another feat that I learned about from Richard Soren so many years ago, and he's got a handful of pictures at least where he's pinching these old school York plates. The thing about these old school York plates is that they're about twice as thick as a regular plate. They're about two inches thick. So sandwiching right, two of them plates. together, smooth. Yeah, sandwiching them together, um, they're about four inches thick. And to top wow. all that off, the in, the inside rim is very, very narrow. So because of that narrow rim where they're facing one another, if they shift at all when you're trying to lift them, they instantly slide upon one another and you're, you lose your grip. So um, you, you, take into the, uh, you take into consideration that there's not a lot of these around, so they're tough to train on. They're very, very thick, so you've got to have large hands. They they don't like to stay together because of the shape of that inside rim. Um, you've got some factors there that make it extremely hard. I believe there's been, that I know of, there's been about four or five people that have lifted old-school York plates one pair at a time in one hand at a time. Right. So uh, there's been... You did both hands doing that at the same time? Yes, that's correct. That's correct. That's amazing. The only, the only person, yeah, the only person I know of that's even broken uh, two pairs off the ground at the same time is uh, a really good friend of mine from Georgia, uh, Chad Woodall, uh, and phenomenal grip athlete, and now he's a big family man, so he doesn't get around to grip competitions as much, but tremendous, tremendous grip strength. 
I was at Summer Strong, which took place at the Sorenex headquarters down in Irmo, South Carolina. And I was MC for the event, and there were a bunch of different grip challenges going on. One of them was Chad Woodall, and he was attempting the old school Yorks, a pair in each hand, trying to pinch them to lock out. He was never successful. Um, so, you know, I, I had an old a set of old school Yorks back in 2004 given to me. And, and eventually, someplace along the way, I got another set. I, I can't even remember where I got the second set from. But, um, I, you know, I trained it off and on from 2003 to, or 2004 until 2011. But once once I saw Chad come so close, that's when I really got interested in doing it. And mm-hmm. every so often when I wasn't preparing for a contest, I would set them up and I would I would train train on them. So uh, finally in 2013, after about almost 10 years of having a pair, I was able to pinch one pair blockout. And, mm-hmm. and then from there, that was 2013. From there, it took me until March of 2017 to do one pair in each hand. And uh, so far, there hasn't been anybody else that's been able to do it. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, throw, you throw in the fact yeah, uh, dude, it was, uh, it was, it's the biggest, I mean, the only thing bigger that I can really think about, uh, for me in my life is when my daughter was born. Um, it was, it was, uh, truly like it was emotional time. I, wow. I, I, I actually shut down emotionally. I, um, I broke down, uh, crying from, from all the years of basically failure, utter failure for years trying to do it. And then after getting it, it was just like tears of joy. And then I, I just I couldn't train anymore. I, I didn't even clean anything up. I just came upstairs and and had to sit down. So that's amazing. So yeah, well, I mean, four years yeah. of hard work after you did it with one hand. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you know, it, when you have contests going on as frequently as I do, you're not able to put the time in that you need to in order to reach something that is you know, really at the pinnacle of, of plate pinching. So it went four years straight of turmoil by any means, but, you know, it was peppered in there quite regularly. Whenever I had the opportunity, I was working on, on improving my, my strength and my technique on that. And yeah, it finally, I'll tell you what it was that got, that got me motivated to finally focus on that. And only that Bob in October of last year, the worst back injury in my life, and I thought for a couple of weeks that I might be done with strength training because mm-hmm. it was so bad. I, I ended up experiencing some form of a disc injury, from what we can tell. And How'd you hurt? I was down for, I dude, I was doing trap bar deadlifts. I was doing trap bar deadlifts, and mm-hmm. something it, there was some kind of shooting pain that went from my, I'm going to say my iliac crest all the way across to the opposite side. It felt like it was in my diaphragm. Um, hmm. But uh, probably what that was is, you know, extreme pressure on a disc. And um, and it just fed out. But, man, I dropped right down, and I, uh, I didn't even bother putting the weights away. It was, uh, man, uh, I was feeling really good that day, too. Like, I was going for a PR, and for whatever reason, man, I don't know if it got out of alignment or if my technique was bad or, or what, I don't know, but I just, I got about four inches off the ground. It felt great. I'm telling you, it felt awesome. I was not alarmed in, in the least way. 
but I got that shooting pain and it just dropped me. It felt like somebody shot me from the grassy knoll and uh, hit me right in the spine. So, yeah, so I, it was really bad. I was, I was out for several weeks and that's when I decided that if I'm able to get back into training, I am going to reach this feat. And I had a, I had a competition in February that I was holding here at my place and mm-hmm. I didn't even really train for it because I was so focused on the old school Yorks that uh most mm-hmm. of my work was was focused on that. So I I I took, you know, my my normal focus that would be on a contest and I applied that to the to that feat and you know, uh, I think I started training for it in in December. So you're looking at like three and a half months or so, I was able to reach it once I truly focused. Hey, Jed, we know about your website and your products, but tell us a little bit about your place, the actual gym. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, my my wife and I built uh, an addition onto our, onto our house in 2008 because we were planning on uh, having another baby. We weren't telling anybody, but we were, we were, uh, we were going to have another baby. So we needed more rooms. So we said, while we're at it, if we're going to build an addition, we might as well put a garage on there and, um, I'll take my side for a gym. So once it got, once it got constructed, I've never even had my car in, in my side of the garage. I, <laughs> I instantly started building a, a platform. I've got a double, uh, a double layer of plywood, three quarter inch plywood for the, for the platform over top of the concrete. And then I've got either half inch or three quarter inch rubber stall mats uh covering the wood. So that's that's been my main training facility. I've got products there, uh picture shoots, stuff like that. And so I moved in there full time on in two thousand and nine and I think by two thousand eleven I had taken over the whole garage. It was it was just a step by step process. I said you gotta know how to work these things, stealing you know, the, the wife's half of the garage back. But um I was I was successful. Yep. Yep. So it's a fully, fully outfitted grip gym for grip training. Uh, I've got just about any tool you could think of. I've been collecting the stuff since 2003 or whatever, so I've got a lot of stuff down there. Um, some stuff, uh, like manufacturers have sent me in order to do review videos and things like that. But uh, and a lot of it is you got to know how to shop, man. Uh, people... People need money for bills, and they sell an inch dumbbell. Well, you got to be ready to swoop in there and buy an inch dumbbell. Um, you know things like that. You know Craigslist, eBay, uh, internet forums, Facebook. You can you can get good stuff uh, in, in those through all right. those means. So I've assembled, you know, a real a real artillery of grip training equipment, and it, it rivals probably most most people's most people's gyms. Uh, at least here in the United States. When I left D.C., I took most of my stuff down here with me. My, my garage is jam-packed like a Swiss Army knife with stuff. I nice. couldn't fit it all in there, so I, so I got a second bedroom filled with stuff, and I got, I even got some stuff in my living room that wouldn't fit in, in either of those two places. I got the, the power lift uh, trap bar and a Olympic bar and some other stuff in my living room. <laughs> Nice, nice. Now, if, so, I, if I started encroaching upon the living room, uh, I'd, I'd probably be in trouble. I'd probably have to sleep in the doghouse. <laughs> but, you know, 
it has occurred to me. It has occurred to me to like maybe bring a set of grippers up here so I can do some grippers during Monday Night Raw or something like that. So uh, maybe someday. <laughs> Tell yeah. us about uh, some of the coaching you do, and you know, if there's a beginner out there who's really interested in grip strength, you know, how would you uh, you know get them started? Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love working with people on their grip. Uh, I would say it's I get just as much enjoyment out of seeing some of my students PR as when I when I do myself. So um, not only have I put out a tremendous amount of products, but I also have like three. I actually have three different coaching programs depending on how much how much guidance someone really needs. So I've got this website, thegripauthority.com. Back in the day, uh, there was a site called The Fight Authority, and it was all like mixed martial arts and uh, and, and those diff- covering those different leagues. So we kind of I, I started the the Grip Authority, where I put up uh, training tips, articles, videos, demonstrations. All of my grip products go up there. Uh, once you know, once I release something new, it gets gets put up there automatically. My members get it for free. Uh, I'll do Q and A's. I'll do coaching calls. I'll do things like uh, analysis videos. Like, uh, believe it or not, a lot of the grip feats are actually very technical. And if you don't put your hand on the object properly, or if you don't set the gripper right, then you end up leaking so much energy that I'll have people send in video clips of them doing things, and then I'll assess the video and do like a critique, and then do like a corrective actions video, things like that called a coaching points analysis and man what else uh you know all kinds of stuff and it's not it's not one-on-one personal personal stuff it's it's based on like the members request like whatever they need to know i'll put a video up on it or if i'm not getting any suggestions then i'll just cover something that i haven't covered before or if i learn something new or if i figure something out in my training that works a little bit better then i'll shoot a video and uh, explain why this works and how you can apply it to your training so uh, that site's been up since 2010 so i mean you can join for a month for a dollar and you get instant access for uh, it's access to over seven years of stuff, um, but uh, basically every every grip strength feat is covered there. Every old time strongman feat is covered there, uh, and if it's not, it's because someone hasn't requested it. The next thing I'll do I do a, a weekly Q and A called Team Napalm on Sundays. That's generally one o'clock, so that's a little bit more because you you actually get access to the Grip Authority plus direct access with me. Uh, for an hour a week, and we we go over like any problems they're having in their training. We talk about programming. We talk about uh, needs analysis for whatever kind of feat that they're training for, or uh, setting up uh, training for uh, a specific contest. Maybe we talk about nutrition. We talk about general strength training, muscle building, fat burning, all that stuff in, in Team Napalm. For people who want more of a one-on-one coaching opportunity then i also have something called the grip task force which is uh you know basically virtual coaching and uh when someone when someone starts up we'll get together for a 60 minute phone consult uh get the information that i need in order to write what i feel is a suitable program for their needs uh and then we have uh a follow-up call every two weeks in order to do a little checkup and, and see how everything's going. If they, if they're working on something, I'll have them shoot a video also. 
and I'll 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 take a look at their technique in order to make sure that they're doing everything properly because you can write the best program in history. You can match all the drills uh, to the specific needs analysis for an athlete, but if their technique is bad on grippers, it doesn't matter what you give them. They're, they're not going to reach their goals unless they're just extremely brutally strong because of the right. the mechanics of the gripper itself and the, the requirements of the of the set. So uh, sometimes video is extremely important, and uh, and we'll look at that on a routine basis. So yeah, those are uh, those are three things that I that I have going on right now. But um, it, you know, it, aside from that, um, I have all kinds of different products. You know, if someone doesn't want to do coaching and they just want to learn to tear a deck of cards, I've got a, a an ebook that's like 120 pages long on how to tear cards, how to tear them multiple ways, how to do different uh, versions of the feet, like going vertically or tearing just a, a corner off or tearing just a tab out of the center. So pretty much, man, uh, you know, I love grip so much that I've my life pretty, pretty much is grip. Um, you know, aside from my family, you know, that's it's it's uh, pretty much all I do. Please explain the new rules for the Captain of Crush grippers and how they differ from the old ones. Yeah, man. I talk to people all the time, and they don't realize that in, like, 2004, I think, the rules changed. So um, a lot of times how it comes up is they'll say, hey, I saw your name on the on the Captains of Crush list, or, hey, I heard you were a certified Captain of Crush. And I'm like, and I'll tell them, yeah, but I, used, I, was, I certified under the old rules. So uh, I certified in 2003. And back then, uh, there was a witness that you would get assigned. You would take your number three gripper to the witness, and you could set it down. And then the last inch of range of motion on the close had to be clearly um, done with just your closing hand. And then as long as you closed it, I mean, those were the authentic conditions. These days, excuse me, these days, it's different, though. Um, You can still pre-position the gripper and even close it a little bit with assistance from your offhand, but you have to take uh, an IronMind credit card and pass it between the handles, and it has to fit between the handles in order to establish a, about a two-inch gap, maybe a little bit larger than two inches, and then you can hmm. close it down. Uh, so I ha- I've, I've trained for recertification, but it's actually usually it's something that I do from like October to December. But you know, I'd rather I'd rather win competitions than uh, specialize on grippers because I find grippers kind of boring. So, so I don't get into them that much. But you so already did it. You, you already did the yeah. You did it. Yeah. So there's no no need to do it again, right? There's no need to do it again. Like my name is still on the list, but um, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say you know there's something there's something in my mind that's like you know I don't like I don't like any kind of dishonesty. You know what I mean? So right. when someone says, "Hey, I saw your name on the captain's crush list," you know, to me, I'm obligated to say yes, I'm on that list, but I also certified under rules that are no longer valid and they, they, they don't apply like an asterisk or anything like that to those names. Um, mm-hmm. As far as I know, as far as I know, there's only been two people that have gone back and recertified. Now there could be more, but I, I only know of two and that's Richard Soren, whose name has popped up how many times now on this call. <laughs> right. And uh, also uh, another good friend of mine, Paul Knight, who, who at one time, if not still used to have, 
probably the best crushing grip in the United States. So, um, wow. and I actually got I actually got with him and did a product called Oper uh, what is it Operation Certification Wide Set Gripper Specification Training, and really it's it's how to train for grippers uh, for the Iron Mind Cert, the current Iron Mind Cert conditions. Even if you're not interested in doing feats of grip strength, like I, I know when I first heard about grip training, after I started doing it for a few weeks, I understood why. Once I started doing grip training, um, I was able to row close to 315 pounds on a barbell on just a bent over row. My deadlift mm -hmm. went up like 50 pounds. Even even things like my bench press went up. My my squat went up, and naturally I was able to curl more weight. I ended up getting up to 90 pound dumbbells on a seated curl. So mm -hmm. you know the benefits of grip strength are are tremendous. I would say anybody who lifts weights needs to train their grip. They need to have a good grip. Otherwise, you're leaving weight on the table. You're, you need to train your grip in order to maximize your potential. It's like the forgotten element of truly functional training is, is grip strength. And if you're serious about getting uh, a good grip, then there's nobody better to talk to than me. Get one of my products. Let's do some coaching get access to the grip authority in one of the many ways possible, and you'll be able to tap into uh, the the ultimate resource for grip training. Well, Jed, okay. that's going to do Thanks. it. And thank you so much for your time and for being on the show. Um, please give us your website again before we hang up. Sure thing, man. My my main website that I operate is dieselcrew.com, D-I-E-S-E-L-C-R-E-W.com. And basically, what is the diesel crew? It's everyone that comes to the site, man. Come and become a part of it. Come and be passionate about training. Bob, thanks a lot for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun when we did it the first time. This was even more this time. You do a great job, and I'm I'm pleased to be a part of it. So thank you once again for reaching out to me. It was an awesome time. Thanks a lot, Jed. I really appreciate it. Don't be a flamingo, you have to do your squats. Don't be a flamingo, real lifters work their legs. Attention all serious natural lifters. Remember these two great websites, physicalculturebooks.com and webstrengthcoach.com. Write them down and visit them often physicalculturebooks.com and webstrengthcoach.com. That's going to do it for this edition of Natural Strength Night on mindforceradio.com. Please bookmark that website, mindforceradio.com. Bob is always looking for new writers for naturalstrength.com who are old school, hardcore, write with passion and have a strong anti-steroid stance. He also wants your training questions so they can be answered on the show. Please send your articles and training questions to Bob at mindforceradio at earthlink.net. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>